0: We have been tortured by the
1: shrill voices of our nagging wives. But at last, we have found a man. A man who speaks to us all. A man
0: who married for our sins. Let's everybody give it up for the Reverend Adam
1: Let's rock. I get a open. No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast.
2: Believers, guests, and those of you with the deep pockets that pay our Patreon... Welcome to the Married with Children podcast. I'm Reverend Steve, and I'm with Tyler.
3: Hi, I'm Married with Children listeners. I'm Tyler, a true man of the froth. The,
2: the froth. froth? Oh, the froth. The froth, Yeah. yeah. Now I'm lisping on
0: purpose. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <ooh>.
3: <laughs> that was a real un uh, unrehearsed uh, belt right there, because I am drinking a little bit of a Miller Highlight, not Miller Light, the beer that had absolutely no shame in being depicted in this episode.
2: <laughs> we will be reviewing Season 10, Episode 4, called Reverend Al. It originally aired on October 8, 1995, written by Ken Weiskopf, Ron Levitt, and Michael Moye, directed by Gary Cohead. And we have a lot of guest stars. Harold Sylvester as Griff. E.E. Bell as Bob Rooney. Tom McClyster as Ike. Teresa Puente as Miranda Veracruz La Jolla Cardinal. (laughs) I finally got it right. Kevin Curran as the voice of Lucky. Benjamin Lund as Sticky. Andrew Craig as Splib. What a name. Rob Schuyler as Mail Carrier. Dot Jones as Dot. This is mm-hmm. her fifth appearance, by the way. Harvey Blanks as church member. Prince Hughes as Archimedes. Yes, his name is Prince Hughes. Oh boy. Lois Lisa Marie Scott as Halla. And uh Jeannie Michelle as Luya. Halla and Luya. I didn't catch that until the Oh second really? Time that I watched was beautiful. <laughs> yes. When the beer tax increases, no man is not able to afford good beer. To make some money and gain tax-exempt status, no man becomes a church, with Al as the reverend. Peg buys gifts for herself for her birthday and asks the kids to give it to her. Marcy exposes them, but guys across the country support him and send him $10 each. They hold a function to collect more money, and Al addresses all. He then loses all when the news of Wooing Peg comes out.
4: First came Jimmy
2: Swaggart, then Jim Baker. Now it's
4: time for
1: Reverend Al. Did I hear it from my altar vixens, Helen? Hallelujah. Welcome to St. Bundy's Cathedral. A lot of you are wondering what the church of no man is all about. Fooders!
2: Say amen to a brand new Married with Children. Oh, and we have a pretty good mm. one here, actually.
3: I had a lot to think about. Um, I watched the episode an hour before we recorded, and I'm, I'm mixed. It's, it's very weird. I'm usually one side on an episode these th- uh, the past season or so, and this one got me conflicted because we'll go into it, but I feel like this was one of those episodes, much like Psycho Dad, where the writers had a very specific idea of what they wanted to do, i.e., reverend al and however they were going to pull that off and i felt like the episode was constructed around that plot without a lot of dimension added into it if that makes sense
2: yeah well we are yeah we are in the latter seasons and uh let me rephrase not a pretty good episode we have a decent episode I okay did have good some problems with it as i did too <laughs> I do want to point out, starting with this episode, the opening credits have been updated. They have new uh, feature footage of the previous season to include with the actors and references. Because the shot of Ed O'Neill sitting on the couch wearing grayish-bound pants, holding the remote in his hand, had heavily signed before putting his other hand down his pants. So that was from last season. Peggy smiling and clapping for Oprah... And that was from 25 years, of what do you get? Then you have Amanda Bierce, uh, Marcy, coming to tell Al about Psychodad's cancellation from I Want My Psycho Dad Part 1. Christina Applegate's image comes from so something Larry This Way comes. David Faustino. <laughs> He's rubbing his face on a mannequin's foot. Which was from Naughty But Nice. <laughs> it's one of his funniest moments, I thought. Then <laughs> McGinley, <laughs> Jefferson, quickly shutting the door as Marcy is about to knock him, knock from sleeping oh, in Chicago. That. And starting with this episode, the couch gag at the opening credits have changed, showing a now older Bud and Kelly, as well as the newest family pet, oh. Lucky.
3: Oh, I'm going to be a lucky <laughs> defender. It's literally just Buck in another, another dog suit. But I have to say, I know why they do this, why they update the uh, couch gag and the whole uh, opening theme. Every show did this that went on for more than a decade.
0: Mm. I
3: kind of wish it stayed the same and showed the kids. like It showed the same as season one. Like, what a nice just smack in the face it would be to someone who never saw Mary with children and watched uh, Mary uh, season 10 for the first time and just season 10. It would be, I think it would be cute just to show Al old, uh, like young, same with Peg and the kids like almost barely recognizable.
2: Well, you have to remember this, this opening scene was, have been around since season
3: four. By this point, why the hell are you changing it up?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so let's get into this because this is a great spoof on televangelists. And <laughs> oh boy, I'm yeah, not a lot one to say star
3: on that. I'm giving uh, one of our ratings, uh, which we'll talk about later. I'm giving completely for the, the televangelist scene at the end. Whatever I have to say about this episode, that was from what Al's wearing to the get up to the piano, everything is wonderful. Uh-huh.
2: Anyway. We start out in the garage with no (laughs) ma'am.
0: Order!
1: This meeting of no ma'am, National Organization of Men Against Amazonian Masterhood, will not come to order. Brother Jefferson will read the minutes. Al is just going to do his stupid 801-802 joke again. No, I
3: won't, and it's
1: not stupid. The minutes of the last meeting are 801, <laughs>
0: 802, 803,
1: <laughs> Forget about the minutes, go sit down! Now, last meeting we argued about which big and centerful was sex here, July or August. We couldn't decide, so we ripped them out, put them down our pants, and danced around. Then we each drank about 30 beers. Now wait a second, that's how we started the meeting. <laughs>
0: That we have to meet, That's right. and
1: let's get underway. Treasurer Bob Rooney, pass out the liquid gold. Come on,
0: Bob
1: <laughs> hey, this isn't our regular beer. Yeast and stuff. Well, sorry guys, but they raised the beer tax again. So this is it, unless we want to go back and have sex with our wives for more beer money. No way. No. Well, I guess. Beer is beer. We didn't become no-mammers by being discriminated. (laughs) Or employed. Or happy. Or bathed. Or documented. (laughs) Don Hatch! If I wanted to reek of cheap booze, I'd just go kiss my wife.
2: And something I've just noticed is that while we do have our core members like uh, Griff, Ike, and Bob Rooney, but we have two new guys. Or actually, they've been in there occasionally. But it's not consistent, and Officer Dan is missing. I always like him.
3: Who's who's the big dude um, in... uh... Like with almost a shaved head and a big beard and overalls. The
2: well, one with the shaved head was Andrew Craig. A splib. <laughs> and that character's name, for some reason, <laughs> yes, Splib, which was ridiculous. But he did have a pretty impressive internet movie database. It includes roughly 55 credits. It seemed like he stopped at about 2012. But to give you an idea of some of the things he has done goes back to 1984 he was in the toxic avenger oh yeah he was in a show called equal justice he was wolfman he was in unfortunately the new WKRP in cincinnati (laughs) (laughs) that was the reprise he was in the naked gun 33 and a third the final insult he was also in that great masterpiece of modern film leprechaun 2 (laughs) he was in ghoulies 4 Of course, married with children, and he was in a TV series called Ned and Stacey had a recurring role that had two appearances. He was in JAG, in Babylon 5, Mad About You, Caroline in the City, Conan the Adventure in the TV series in the 90s. He was in Malcolm in the Middle, had an appearance there. You know, it looks like he made a career out of it until about 2012, that's Andrew he Craig. just
3: stuck out to me when, specifically where uh, Al, where Peggy was um, threatening Al's uh, little digit or something, and um, I think he's like almost cradling Al, or like he's cradling somebody or himself, or he just looks so scared, and he just stuck out to me. I'm like, who the hell's that?
2: One of the few ones, and uh, we'll talk about the other one here in a few minutes, but You know, it starts out with these guys having their annual meeting, and Jefferson does this little joke, reading the minutes, 801, 802, Oh, that's what he's
3: doing. Oh, my God. I didn't get that. I literally wrote, minutes joke, question mark, ask Steven.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I tried to use that when we did our No Man Roundtable, and Alex and company were still regularly hosting the show, so it is kind of a lame joke, and... They have a problem. They don't have the right
3: beer. Oh, they got they got. Yeah, you're right. They don't have the right beer, but they have some beer called yeast and stuff. Oh
2: yes, yes.
3: <laughs> oh, I, I love it. It literally looks like a ten year old uh, made like a, like a fifth grade class made the the beer can. No picture, nothing, just but a yes blue and black stripes say yeast and stuff.
2: And what I thought was funny, I thought was a pretty good joke, was when they all take a sip and then they're all running out the garage to spit it out. (laughs) They can't Mm -hmm. stand it. Did you see the dude get... I mean, that should tell you something right there. Did you see the
3: dude get completely soaked by uh, one dude? He's like, if you look at the... I'll send you a screenshot later, but it's the... When they're all spitting out at once, it's the guy to the far right bottom of the group uh, to the right of the screen he just gets drenched by griff it's it's hilarious like it covers his hair and everything yeah
2: that must have been the other guy that was uh in, in this particular episode and that was the Benjamin hair, dude. and uh, yeah the asian american or no actually it wasn't uh, asian it was more mm-hmm. like a pacific islander is is a background but to give you an idea he has a pretty good you may want to pull that up and take a look at it because he has an even more extensive yeah. Benjamin Lum, He was born May 9th, 1953 and he died January 1st, 2002. He was only 48, but he has 54 credits and his credits have a huge range here. He was in Hawaii 50 in 1978. He was in the Airwolf TV series. He was in an episode of MacGyver. He was in Star Trek The Next Generation. He was the uh, engineer oh. in that one. And I hate to admit it, well, he, it's his own fault for doing this. He was in oh, Small Wonder.
3: A lot of people were in Small Wonder, <laughs> and nobody remembers them. So let's not remember him. And that's probably a good uh, he thing. Played, um, Yeah, He was in The Proud Family as Mr. Wong, and also in the episode uh, Romeo Must Wed. It's a really, really good episode. So he's uh, uh, like now that I rem- now I'm hearing him and seeing him, like okay, I recognize his voice.
2: Yeah, he was also in a couple of episodes of Seinfeld. Good for
3: him, making that money. Pardon me, another
2: Forty Eight Hours was another one he did, which was not as good. He was in an episode of Coach. Pardon me, he was in Silk Stockings, and he was actually in another episode of Mary with Children. He was also in. Fly to the Bumblebee. I do believe that's um, yeah in this season as well. I think, I think it's, it's a few.
3: A, it's uh, episode down. seven, so three and, away from us.
2: Yeah, and he was in ER. One episode of ER. So he he made a decent living being an actor. Just didn't live very long, mm-hmm. 48 years old. But going back to the episode, yes, they throw up on Ike, or no, they don't throw up, they spit it out on Ike as he is adjoining mm-hmm. the meeting. And he has some sad news.
1: So I gather things didn't go so well at the lawyers. It was a disaster.
3: He said my marriage to Franny is legal. Oh. <laughs> It can't be legal. You were married in a hot tub by a nudist who called himself Reverend Flashback.
0: Not
1: only is Reverend Flashback legal, he is now one of the Forbes 500
2: richest televangelists, right between the Pope and Dion Warwick.
3: How can a nudist reverend be so rich? <laughs>
0: yeah, and where does he keep his wallet? <laughs>
3: Same place you keep your head.
0: Uh, <laughs>
2: His marriage is legal.
3: (laughs) I was like, wait a second, what? Oh, yeah, they're right. All these men hate their wives. I love it. (laughs) You know,
2: and there is something here about their worry because the beer tax has gone up. And this is maybe a callback, or it is a callback, to Season 7, Episode 7, the Chicago Wine Party. You might remember that the city was going to implement a beer tax in order to help pay for education. And now wasn't okay. going to have any of that
3: Alright that's why this <laughs> thing seems familiar yeah. um, This isn't just me Trying to put a note here I actually have a question Stephen so, The beer tax I think uh-huh. the only reason my brain was like Okay this is a real thing Because I've heard about this before Yeah I heard about it in season 7 episode 7 Is this a real thing And if so How is them drinking yeast and stuff A solution
2: Who knows I mean, the, well, the thing is, you know, the beer tax was going up. Pardon me, the, I do know. The beer tax goes up, so they want to find the cheapest beer out there because they're cheapskates. That's what No Man mem, members are, are cheapskates. And that beer tax was actually repealed by a cowering city hall after Al started the riot in the Chicago. He,
3: park. I looked it up, it and beer. the beer taxing is actually a very uh, – a regular thing that happens in cities and states quite often. And rarely does it affect. Yes. Here's the thing why it's funny. We don't. Do we know what beer No Man drinks? Or do they have like a Duff beer, like from The Simpsons, or a Pawtucket from Family Guy? Is there a specific beer?
2: Well, eventually, eventually we do see right, it so it's girly, girly
3: beer. beer. All right. So I guess. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Because, like, apparently. These beer taxes only really affect local uh, and more isolated brews like your uh, what do you call those things um, not corner brews, uh, micro brews, those things. And it, like the big ones, Bud, Miller, um, Lebat, all those ones there, they're not affected because they have uh, they have multi-state regimes. so they have a they go by federal, not by state and so apparently they're they're being affected because they're local but even if they were the amount it it doesn't go up by the can it goes up by the case so it's like 10 cents so again i this is one of the things i love that this whole thing all this is because they're getting chipped out on maybe 50 cents a meeting now Ike has
2: uh, found out why his marriage was legal was because reverend flashback is legal is a legal minister he's also one of the forbes 500 richest televangelists right between the pope and deon is a paid commercial presentation of information incorporated today you'll find out what Dion warwick has to say about the psychic friends network i
4: think that anyone watching this show can benefit from speaking to a
2: psychic meet psychic to the stars linda georgian Hear what one of our psychics had to say about daytime
3: TV's hottest couple. Is this going to be the end of our relationship? I mean, is this going to ultimately destroy our? I asked
0: her. You asked for that? Yeah.
3: Meet other soap opera stars who called the Psychic Friends Network.
2: <laughs> I, I did like that joke, Deon Warwick. Uh, we talked about it before on the show that she did the Psychic Friends oh. Network commercials back in the
3: nineties. Oh my god. I thought they said yeah. John Warwick, who I thought maybe was the father of uh I, I, I somehow I thought he was related to Warwick Davis from Willow and or and Leprechaun frame. That's because like I, I didn't know who that was. Maybe it was just a silly name. I didn't realize and I wrote down Reverend Flashback. I was like, oh that must be a weird innuendo in there. I'll ask Stephen. So he's a real person, Reverend Flashback?
2: Reverend Flashback? No, no. Not Reverend Flashback. But they mentioned the Pope and Dion Warwick. Oh, I thought you said
3: Reverend Flashback was a real person.
2: No, he was a real minister. Menace- pardon me. What I meant was Ike's marriage is legal because the Reverend Flashback is an oh, actual oh, minister. Oh, in the show. Yeah.
3: Okay. I keep waiting okay. for you to, like, whip out some yeah. immense, like... Awesome knowledge about the stuff that I had no idea.
2: Well I got a couple of those. Is that yeast and stuff? Oh, you're you heard it in the Great.
3: Uh nope, that's uh that's another yeah. high life, the <laughs> frothiest of the froth. So I am truly the uh the uh, man of a froth. Yes. A man of the
0: <laughs>
2: Okay. Anyway, Ben the members have this idea. Can you imagine all the good we can do if we didn't have to pay taxes?
1: a simple reverend flashback has mega bucks
3: because churches have tax exempt status
1: can you imagine all the good that we could do if we didn't have to pay taxes hey hey we could buy real beer and maybe some ale ale sucks suck this
0: hey! <laughs> hey, hey! Man, focus focus
1: now where were we in your garage.
0: All
1: right, look, I'm gonna call a lawyer friend of mine and find out a little bit more about this. If Reverend Flashback can call himself a church and not pay taxes, then why can't we? Because our what? wives will just take the money and waste it on charities, health insurance, lingerie.
0: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> then
1: we'll keep it a secret, Jefferson. Not a word of <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got it, buddy.
1: When it's settled, we'll become a church. A sacred organization of peace and brotherhood. I'll drink to that. Hey, he's got good beer. Hold
0: him Hold him down for me. We
2: yeah! could buy real beer and maybe some ale. Oh. Ale sucks. Yeah, Griff and Bob Rooney fighting. That's kind of weird. I did think it was out of character. Because the next scene is uh, the kids coming in with the boxes for uh, wrapping paper for Peg. She's bought all of her Christmas, her birthday presents, and now oh, is that what they're doing?
3: I thought they were watching TV.
2: No, she's watching TV. The kids no, come in. No, if I remember no, the, the, the scene and, opens.
3: I remember because I thought it was a weird, out of nowhere, just like boom to the kids. There, it's like it's showing them sitting on the couch, like we're looking at them through the TV and then lucky's in the background and they have that diatribe about who feeds him
4: hey lucky sounds hungry you better feed him bud i don't feed him i walk him you're supposed to feed him no i'm not i bathe him and vacuum him dry
1: (laughs) okay then who feeds him nobody if it weren't for the girls edible underwear i wouldn't eat at all
3: Hmm. which I laughed. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oof, so who feeds Lucky? So, nobody! nobody.
2: <laughs> if it wasn't for Kelly's edible underwear, Ugh, Lucky like wouldn't eat anything. I kind
3: of wish they had just... I really laughed out loud when he when it just went to him going, Nobody! Like That made me laugh, just that loud. You idiots! I'm starving!
2: <laughs> and, and here's something else, too, with Lucky talking. I uh, thought about this. I know Jerry Herring did not like Buck talking. And there were some times I didn't like him talking, but overall, I thought it was kind of fun. The only thing is, it's mm-hmm. becoming too much lately. So I, I, I think since about season maybe eight, they have been relying on that a lot more, of buck-talking, and now it's lucky-talking to see what they're thinking. And I just think it kind of detracts I, a little uh, bit. Do you mean and like it's, they're relying you on mean it like it's happening
3: more often within certain episodes, or it's just happening like once every episode?
2: It was happening more often throughout the show mm. from about season eight on. You know, I think it was that slapstick, they knew slapstick and cartoonish. So they thought, well, we can get away with it. And I think that was one thing that made the earlier well, seasons funnier is that the, Buck did talk, but it wasn't to the extent that they are now. He and Lucky are now in season seasons. True. Eight and I, I think they
3: were feeling out for that. And, but I, I do like it. I Oh, listeners, little diatribe about Tyler here. I just got myself a new cat. Um, yep, I have a new little kitten. And let me tell you, it's just so nice to have an animal in the house. I think with this whole Buck and now Lucky thing, and I think they do it more often because since they replaced Buck with Lucky, it must have been a test audience thing. People must have loved it. Everyone loves a dog. And I think it's when you have an animal... You look at them, and you wonder, what the heck is he thinking? He or she thinking. And it never really, it it Mm -hmm. never ceases to make you laugh. So, I think that's,
2: yeah. I got, I had a dog when I was a kid. His name was Fred. He was a good dog. He was, uh... He wouldn't like hump your leg like a lot of dogs do. That was a good... And he had just a good personality. He wasn't too loud. He, he liked to bark, but he didn't bark at every little thing like some dogs do. That drives me nuts. I like dogs. And yeah, you kind of wonder, what are they thinking? What are they thinking I'm talking about? Yeah, what, what are they thinking when we're trying to talk to them? They're probably thinking like, look, I it's don't understand great premise. English. <laughs> I mean,
3: they have a whole cartoon that lasted yeah. 100,000 years called Garfield. That's the entire premise of the Garfield comic strip. What's my cat thinking about me when I'm at home alone being weird? Yeah.
2: By the way, there, there's this funny thing. I'm sure many people have uh, heard it. Uh, it's called The Diary mm-hmm. of a Dog versus The Diary <laughs> of a Cat. And if you look at it's really hilarious. And I know what you're talking it up about. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dog diary, 8 a.m. Dog food, my favorite thing. 9.30 a.m. Car ride, my favorite thing. 9.40 a.m. A walk in the park, my favorite thing. 10.30 a.m. Got rubbed and petted, my favorite thing. 12 p.m. Lunch, my favorite thing. On the other hand, the cat diary is day 983 of my captivity. My captors continue to taunt me with this bizarre little dangling objects. They dine lavishly on fresh meat while the other inmate and I are fed hash or some sort of dry nuggets. Although I make my contempt for their rations perfectly clear, I nevertheless must eat something oh, to keep such... up my strength. The only thing that keeps me going is my dream of escape. In an attempt to discuss them, I once again vomit on the carpet.
3: As my cat did to me this morning, right before <laughs> you know. work. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. But away from Lucky, though, uh, yeah. because, like, the, so, yeah, like, to go back, I just want to, like, mention, the, so the kids this is one of my main problems and it's been a recurring problem and i'm sorry if any listeners get tired of me sounding like a broken record it's a big problem when you have a show centered around a family if they were kids like minors like between under the age of 18 i would understand them just getting oh it's kelly and bud they're doing stuff they show up to say some things they're here cuz they should be there. But now that they're adults, you can have episodes without them. It's not that big of a deal. But to have them show up, just to have like their curtain call kind of deal, it makes me wonder why they're not in here more. Uh, if you're going to if you're going to have them, and unless it's a con- if it's a contract thing, then just have them show up once. If the fact that they came back twice means that there's no contract involved, they just don't know what to do with them, and that's a—that's not good.
2: That is a big issue, and I remember Annabelle talking about this when No Man first came out and on that particular episode, No Man. She said that uh, she kind of thought it distracted away from the family and their dynamic, and I agreed with that. I thought that was a very keen insight because when you're trying to use No Man a lot, and they are used a lot more in this season, it, it kind of took away. Took I'll agree with thoughts. you, and I
3: remember Annabelle saying that. I however, i I mentioned this to her like privately, and I think she, i I think she agreed with me. Mm, maybe not. But I thought it works if when al if we were having a no ma'am episode, which this is, it should be completely about no mam and Al. Al should be separate from his family, Peg the dog the kids and even if we want to lump them together this really works Jefferson and Marcy as re, as like a you have a group, those guys and then Al and No Man and they're colliding or they're separate. When you have Kelly and Bud and then doing their thing and then Peggy doing their thing and then interacting with Al and then they come back at the end it, it's not, it doesn't it's distracting. So if you have them all together, like if you have Al doing crazy, no ma'am stuff, and then he just wanders in and it's the three Peggy and Kelly and bud on the couch. And they all look up and they're like, is that going crazy? I think he is kids. What's on TV. That's yeah. fine. Now you have them. And then we immediately go back to Al and, and, and no ma'am. You get know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's kind of a lame way to uh, write an episode about uh-huh. a family and not have the family exactly.
3: in there. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh. It, have your episode. I totally agree with that. You can have episodes without the family involved. Anyhow.
5: Hi, kids. Hey, look what she got me for my birthday. <laughs> All you
4: have to do is wrap it wrap it oh do you need a card too i hate your birthday no whatever happened to the good old days when you'd give us money to buy you a nice cake and then we'd eat it before you got home
1: Peg, did jefferson call
5: no al and guess what friday is
1: oh peg you know i hate when you do this i hate when you do anything but especially this
5: It's my birthday. <laughs> you know what that
1: means. OK, Peg, get a blanket. I'll get a Biggins, and I'll meet you behind the furnace.
5: Not sex, Al.
1: OK, but I it, and that counts for one.
5: I want to go on a date.
1: Fine. Go.
5: <laughs> With you. It's my birthday, and I want dinner, dancing,
1: and a show. OK, I'll go, but only because I'll be getting some. Ooh, wow. some dinner
0: <laughs>
1: god how sad you know what i do if my lover lost interest in me
2: you
4: sleep with his parole officer
2: <laughs> from there we thought you know and i also thought something else when peggy mentions it's her birthday i know we had her in the uh, it was her birthday in the episode that made them famous or infamous mm-hmm. if you want to call it that what was that? Her cup runneth over back in season three when Terry Ricola exactly. got really upset. Yeah. Yeah. But there have been a few other episodes. I couldn't think of them off the top of my head where her birthday it's is such mentioned a, again.
3: If you do it once, that's a funny joke. But the fact that you do it multiple times, and hey, they didn't know we would be making podcasts and keeping notes and having Excel sheets to connect us to other things, but... You can't have a main character bring up their birthday, and not have it be more part of the episode, unless it's for a funny punchline, like it mm-hmm. was in her cup. Well, when it's over. Well, actually,
2: because then Al and Steve have to go to a carnival to it's get It's not a punchline that
3: that you're right. That's her birthday is like necessary for the entire episode to happen. So yeah, like I get that. This one, I can forgot. Believe it or not, I watched it an hour and a half ago. I had totally forgotten until you mentioned it. They, oh yeah, it's her birthday. That's why their kids have packages and stuff at the end. That's bad writing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I will say one thing though. She talked about how she wanted the stuff that she had bought to be wrapped and boxed. I know someone who does that for Christmas she said, uh, "She it was a friend of mine at church. She says this is our tradition. We go out and buy our own presents, and then we uh, come home, and uh, then we wrap them up, and then we open them again. <laughs> so they buy their own presents, wrap them up, and then unwrap them." I'm like, so "Wait, no wait, fun wait! In so that, they buy
3: the
0: wait, hold on, they own. buy
3: the presents for themselves, but, but they yeah. do this together. Like they go out, they buy stuff together, and then they come home and wrap uh, them together."
2: Now that was unclear. I don't. Yeah, I, that was unclear. I don't know if they went out together to do that. If they did or it together. Went
3: out that's different. separately. I can see that being actually a fun, like mockery of the tradition. You go out together, you buy your own gifts together, and then you go home and make and have fun, have silly fun wrapping them together. But if you do it separately, that's weird. That's some. Yeah. That's some like Ted Bundy shit right
0: there.
2: <laughs> I'd have to check in and see on that one. I also thought it was funny when Peggy was talking about her birthday to Al, and she says, "I want a date." He says, "Okay, go out on
3: one." Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I, know, I, I just had it yeah. down in my notes. Go and, ahead.
2: You know, and then she talks about I want uh, dinner and I want dancing, and Al thinks, "Oh, I just want us <sighs> the dinner."
3: Um, I also love when Peggy's like, "You know what I want? It's my birth." Or I think it's when she mentions it's her birthday, he's like, "All right, fine." Get a bl- get a blanket, I'll get a, b- a Biggins and meet me behind the furnace and we'll get it over with. And she's like, no, not that.
1: <laughs> and I think this is the beginning.
3: We should have kept it going. And I think we should bring it back. Al wins, I wrote it down, Al wins his own sex point. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but then uh and then he says later, "Hey, but I still get credit cuz mm-hmm. I offered it to you."
3: That's his sex point. Yeah, he's like, "I was willing to do it. You said no." I get it. Following Mary with Children uh in the archives rules. uh <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. One last thing. Okay. We- I wrote these things down because they have yeah. nothing to do with No Ma'am and I just wanted to snag them in. Um, Bud makes a very complicated prison rape joke that I did not get rape joke that I did not get until I rewatched it Kelly goes she looks over at Al like freaking out about having to be with it Peg, Peg goes if my husband ever like lost interest in if my lover ever lost interest in me I don't know what I would do and Bud goes oh hook up with his parole officer oh yeah
2: Um, that was pretty yeah that was even for mary with children i thought that was low but like
3: i remember originally thinking oh because kelly's with scuzzy guys and she's gonna like jump to the nearest guy and that's the parole officer i didn't realize i'm like oh he lost interest in her because he's in prison and has interests in other ways so like it's It's one of those, like, I didn't really get it. It's just a roundabout way to make the joke.
2: (laughs) Anyhow, after that, Jefferson comes in.
1: (laughs) We're in, buddy. The lawyer says we can be a church. Jefferson, you know how women hate to see us happy?
0: Look sad. (laughs)
1: Al, we'll never have to pay taxes on anything. Oh, Jefferson, that is just... Awful. Mm. <laughs> we can get tanked for pennies.
2: <laughs> and he has checked with the lawyers, and yes, they're ready. They want to make a church so they can be tax exempt and keep money for themselves, which is, of course, question uh, questionable. And that brings up an issue. You know, they talk about tax exempt uh, religious organizations and other organizations. And it's a big controversy should should churches should, be taxed. But
0: eh.
3: okay, I'm sorry. You no, see, no, no. I you know what? I don't even want to bring that up. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Only the real estate. That's it. I only think I only think real the real estate. Okay. And that's Property just tax. to target the Catholic yeah. Church. All others are just uh, uh you can't you can't target one without the others. Sorry. But yeah. Just the real estate. Anything else they do, anything else, fine.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because that gets a controversial. I'm not, I'd be against it personally, but I'm not saying I'm right on that. It's just that, uh, you know, they talk about separation of church and state, which means it needs to run both ways. No, the churches, you know, we don't have a theocracy here. A lot of people, you know, think we're found on on as a Christian nation. No, that's not the case. We're found on enlightenment ideas. And the founding fathers, you know, some people debate this, but I think it's pretty clear that the First Amendment does establish a difference between the state and the religion. And if you start with taxing churches, all of a sudden you're going to open up a can of worms there because, you know, like you talked about real estate or property taxes, which are often done by local cities and local states and then you might have some churches tying you up with lawsuits saying that we don't want gay people to teach school or we don't want gay marriages. Exactly. If you have taxation, like that,
3: therefore I, they have the right to representation. However, that's like, but yeah. do you agree, Stephen, that churches do have representation within state legislative moments because it goes both ways. Uh, if we're not taxing them, uh-huh. they have, the church, uh, the Catholic church, cannot get pissy at schools teaching evolution
2: yeah and by the way we're not just talking catholics i know it's easier to
3: shoot out the catholics yeah he's not pissing people off yeah
2: because yeah there were scandals in the church Uh, i think one of the worst scandals ever was the Mm -hmm. selling of indulgences if you're familiar with that, uh, listeners, what that was is back, if you're not familiar with the what indulgences were, back in medieval times, the church needed to raise money to build a new cathedral in Rome. And so they uh, offered these indulgences where you could pay the church to get a family member out of hell. Um, my
3: RA are atheist listeners yeah. or have no interest in religious history. It's the exact same thing as yeah. if you get a speeding ticket and get points on your license. The state gives you the ability to pay a hundred dollars and take an online open book test to get that stuff removed.
2: Do they do defensive driving? Online mm, it, uh,
3: well, OK, well, Michigan listeners. That's what they have here. Uh, you uh, the the state if you get if it's under three points, the state gives you the ability to uh, pay a hundred to two hundred dollar fine, and then take a promissory quiz, which is like ten like you li- you have to listen to like three hours of safe driving thing, and then take a ten question thing, and then those points are removed. I refuse to pay it on grounds that it was like mafia extortion
2: because in this state. There's no such thing as online driver's ed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Nothing. One time I taught a class out in the neighboring city and this kid came in and he says, my mom has a friend who's a cop and he says they do online driver defensive driving classes in this state. I said, no, they don't. I said, you'd be better off to stay here and then he got a call on the cell phone a little bit later from his mom saying, yeah, the cop found it. And so he wanted his money back. And I tried to dissuade him, but he made his choice. I gave him his money back. And I wish I could have been in there in the court that day when the kid showed up with that paper. And the judge says, no, we don't take that in this state. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's there's no punishment in that. Because it's
3: not because it's like because it, you're not. But, and the reason why I said I didn't pay it because that happened to me. I was speeding. I wasn't paying attention to the traffic signs, and I went from a fifty mile an hour zone to a twenty five mile zone and didn't realize it. And Oof. I got pulled over in a city that I did was not a resident of. I got a three points on my license. They offered me that. I read it over and over again, and I'm like, I was in the middle of watching Sopranos at the time, and I'm just like, this is exactly this is extortion. And my roommate at the time looked at me, he's like, I mean, I was like, dude, what's the difference between this and mafia extortion? He's like, it's the government, so it's legal. I was like, that's some bullshit. I'll take the points. And the points got fell off last year. And I'm happy they did, because I wasn't going to pay, because that's yeah. not the point. I should have those points on my license, because I was driving recklessly, and they should stand on there, and I should pay the price for that. I shouldn't be able to pay $100 to have them removed. That's some bullshit. Oh, sorry. I get this is hmm. it's some passion stuff.
2: It's also it seems very expensive mm-hmm. up there. But anyway. Moving on though. <laughs> let's move on. Move
3: on, on from, from taxation and <laughs> church and separate church and state.
2: Yeah. It's controversial. I'm not saying I'm right. That's just my opinion. And I could be wrong. Who knows? Anyway, so we move on and we go back to the garage where Al is having another meeting, talking to his no man members about how they are going to get tax exempt status and become the church of no ma'am. Until somebody comes through, unmasks themselves and shows it's Marcy.
1: A toast to our leader, a true man of the froth. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, in the history of mankind, there have only been a few truly good scams. Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) Canada. (laughs) Now, the tax free Church of Nomad. You know, beer tastes better when it's tax free. Yeah, Yeah. and biggins look bigger when they're tax free. (laughs) That's why we started this bogus church in the first place. Men. There's nothing but good times ahead!
4: Not so fast, (laughs) Reverend Half Moon Pits. This is no man of the cloth. This is Al scratch-and-sniff Bundy. (laughs) And now I've exposed his stench for all to see. You go, girl! Take it. This. (gasps) (gasps) is Miranda Veracruz de la Jolla Cardinal. As
5: you have just witnessed, chauvinism and religious quackery are alive and well right here in Al Bundy's garage. Calling themselves the Church of No Ma'am in a shameless and clearly illegal attempt to avoid paying taxes.
4: I have defrocked you, Al Bundy. Destroyed the church of No Man. I won. I won. I, I, I won.
2: I noticed something really mm-hmm. interesting, Tyler. I actually rewound this thing several times because there are a lot more members of yeah. No Man. a lot more. When I counted up, ranging from Al Jefferson and the No Man people. There were thirteen people there, and that does not include Marcy, Miranda, and the camera person. All hiding. This did not include them. Thirteen. I thought that number significant because Jesus oh had twelve God. disciples. You're
3: right. I, I thought, <laughs> I thought there was like a. Why is there all? Because you. I understand you would need extras, but all you need is like two or three extra guys to make it look bigger. Why was there so many? You're absolutely right. The the twelve thing. Yeah, I don't they know did. if they
2: did that on purpose or not. I was just something did, I picked you wouldn't, up on. Because
3: they they Stephen, if Fox was new was still a new studio, they were still penny pinching. You ain't hiring six probably extra extras that you need to pay without a reason. That's the reason. <laughs> yeah.
2: At that point, uh, no, that's when no, I'm Miranda sorry. Marcy shows up. comes
3: in wearing a. Um, I remember writing this down. Marcy in a Canadian tuxedo, almost. Uh, she's in like a jean jacket and jeans. She just walks right up, just storms in, and like jumps up and pulls yeah. a member of No Ma'am out of the group, and that is, uh, that one. Is Miranda Veracruz La Hoya I had to scroll up and find her I name. but yeah, what yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah.
2: And not something else, they mentioned specifically channel eighty three action <laughs> news. And this was previously featured, that was uh the rain girl episode in season four when Kelly was the weather girl. And, of course, Season 7 is the Chicago Wine Party. So it's like now all of a sudden they're trying to be con- continuous. Mm-hmm. You know, screw all that that happened in Seasons 1 through 6 or 7. But now they're trying to refer back and have some continuity. But it's almost—it's really too late for that. But at this point, I guess it's, you know,
3: so sor- So uh,
0: I'm happy slapstick. to have
3: Miranda back. That made me happy. And the way she oh, dresses is just so too. funny because it looks like she's having trouble getting the wig and everything off. She's like, hold on, hold on. I'm ready, I'm ready, ready, ready. I- uh-huh. And now I'm this. Like, it, It's almost like a little... It's like an SNL sketch or a bunch of kids doing improv, and it's very adorable. I like it.
2: And I also like Marcy saying, not so fast, Robert half Moon." Dips. Okay,
3: right there. That's a perfect punch point because I, I hide. this is the first... First time I used this highlight function on my notes, I wrote down "Ask Stephen." For the listeners too, what is the difference between a reverend and a minister? Really, <laughs> not that
2: much. It, I mean, the words are used inter the wor, words are I used interchangeable. But
3: I, is is there a difference? Yeah,
2: and I don't know of any difference between the words. It's just different terms. They probably came from different cultures I feel knows? like You know because it's kind of like also You don't call a Protestant no. father That's the Catholic Church
3: No I think I feel like I've found reverend Being bestowed Upon people As opposed to minister Is a, Taken up by the person Being referred to as the minister Does that make sense? Yeah, let yeah. me do something real quick. Yeah, like I'm a minister. i minister. Like I get that I get that terminology. I min I minister the word to the people. I feel like reverend is like the Protestant's term for father or like aka the priest. Like like the reverend says this or Mary uh, all in the family. The reverend Felcher, Fletcher
4: the reverend felcher gave such a nice sermon all about good and evil
3: yeah which side was he on
0: And a
4: good sign he says that God is good with one of the O's taken out and evil is devil with the D taken out ain't that smart you should have been there
1: yeah well I'll go there when the Reverend Fletcher gets taken out <laughs>
4: he says that the Lord smiles on his sheep when they're
1: in his fold. Well, the Lord may be smiling on his sheep, but they still wind up lamb shop sheep.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I always forget. It was Uh, Fletcher. (laughs) Fletcher. Um, uh, like, or reverend blah, 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 or I need to see the reverend. It feels like the sheep, not the sheep, the flock tends to be the bestower of that title. Whereas minister seems to be the one that the person carrying it uses to call them that. Does that make sense?
2: Well, yeah. And I did a word search. You know, this is just, en- I can't remember if it's an entomology Etymology. of it. Or is Entomolo- study of entomology. Etymology. Etymology, yeah. I always get those two backwards. Anyway, from as an adjective, reverend is someone who is worthy of mm. respect or reverence a minister is to attend. Oh.
0: You know, that's a verb.
2: That's what a minister does. And also, let's uh, throw in the word pastor versus uh mm. reverend and see pastor. what we get there. I think about that. Because the pastor and the reverend I'm going to before see be, wait here. before
3: you read it. A I'm pastor take a guess. means pastor is someone uh-huh. that is more specifically you are part of a church like function and it's a title within a church
2: hey ha huh. pretty much so yes a pastor refers to a parish priest a reverend refers to a title being provided to a parish
3: priest mm, okay so not
2: pastor is a noun and, and like the minister or reverend the pastor is you know a noun and so the people reverend
3: will is go the and hear the pastor minister to the con- to the congregation, the reverend will be the one who goes to the public schools and talks to the kids with family problems. No,
2: no, no. The pastor slash oh. minister will do that. The reverend is more like a title. That's someone to be revered. Like, yes, I'm a pastor and a minister, a pastor minister of a Methodist church, which I was a long time ago. But people might call me reverend because it was a, a reverence or a revering me as a man of the cloth.
0: Okay, man of the
3: cloth so case. all right, so in 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 lay of father, reverend.
2: Right. If you're Protestant, you're going to often be referred to as reverend. If you're Cath- uh, Catholic, minister will often be referred to as. Okay, father.
3: I I you know what? Thank, That's, I never yeah. I. I did, I, I've done a lot of research into American religious history and those terms, I use them interchangeably all the time because I feel like even academic theologians do it too. So, uh, I felt okay, but I never really thought about it. We learned. Yeah.
2: We're eventually, yeah, we're eventually going to come back to that. Also Eastern Orthodox Church would also be father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, uh, moving on with the episode, and that was a good question, I hope everyone got an education, including me, on that one. But Marcy refers to him as Reverend Half Moon Pits. (laughs) That's actually a reference to the Sun Young Moon. Yep. (laughs) Oh, man. He was a Korean religious leader. He lived between 1920 to 2012. He also was known for his business venture and support for political causes. A messiah claimant, he was the founder of the unification movement and of its widely noted blessing, or mass wedding ceremony, and the author of its unique theology, The Divine Principle. He was an opponent of communism and an advocate for the Korean unification, for which he was recognized by the governments of both North and South Korea. In 1982, the case United States versus Sun Young Moon, he was found guilty of willfully fil- filing false federal income tax returns, and sentenced to 18 months in federal prison. His case generated protests from clergy and civil libertarians who said that the
0: trial. Was I would be on their side,
3: him. just from what you read. Like, come on! It sounds like you only turn to the IRS and get an income tax charge when. They have no actual evidence against you.
2: Yeah, that's the weird thing. And quite often, that's how ministers come down. And we're going to come back to that. Anyway.
3: Marcy Marcy refers to him as half-moon.
2: Yeah, we talked about that. She also calls him scratch and Snip buddy. Why don't you tell us about the
0: scratch oh, and Oh,
3: I absolutely will, because I was a big uh, devotee of this beautiful uh, form of entertainment. <laughs>
4: At Circle K, we called in a few of the world's leading experts on smell to help us put together a Mellow Smello Fun Center filled with all the latest scratch-and-sniff ideas. There's a display at every Circle K store covered with Mellow Smello Fun products. And now, a limited-edition Mellow Smello Mother's Day sticker is available at Circle K while supplies last. And every time you buy
0: anything at all at Circle K, you get one of these stickers free.
3: Okay, so... scratch and sniff technology generally refers to stickers or cardboard items that have been treated with a fragrant coating. When scratched, the coating releases an odor that is normally related to the image displayed under the coating. The technology has been used on a variety of surfaces from stickers to compact discs. Scratch and sniff stickers became popular in the late 1970s and remained so through the mid-1980s.
2: First of all, scratch and sniff can also be referred to as what men do. <laughs> Especially Al. Then we go back to the Bundy household. Uh, Al and Jefferson have been discredited and their plans went awash until the postman shows up. Are you that no ma'am guy on the news?
4: He's also Arnold the pig on Green Acres. <laughs> All of these letters are from guys that support your cause. How would you know that? We open them. (laughs) And the guys at work are prepared to put down their mail pouches and assault weapons (laughs) and follow you anywhere. Reverend Al.
1: Reverend Al?
0: That's
1: who all these letters are addressed to. We've gone national. Do you know what this means? Reverend Al? (laughs) And
2: before we go any further, real quick, on this postman, he is played by Rob Schuyler. And he has a decent filmography as well. He uh, starred in his... He uh, actually had an uncredited uh, role in Forrest Gump. He was in an episode of Murphy Brown. He was also in Strange Wilderness, Body and Soul. He was in Deuce Bigelow, Deuce Bigelow Mill, Gigolo. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. He was also in The Animal, so he works a lot with Rob Schneider. Again, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was also in Joe Dirt, So, and he was also in Opti- The Hot Chick, also with Rob Schneider. He had a role in Monk. He was in Arrest- two episodes of Arrested Development. I love that show. Curb Your Enthusiasm, he was in that one. He was in a movie called The Comebacks, Uncredited. God, that was an awful movie. you not ever see that I one. I agree. Uh, yeah, awful movie. He's had steady work. A lot of this stuff, though, is uncredited. No, so maybe it's just a hobby for this him. This
3: makes sense. All the things you just said makes perfect sense. He is a very reliable, comedic character actor. I believe this guy can just show up on set be told what he's doing, have no idea what the episode or movie or whatever is. Oh, I'm a mailman? Okay, what am I doing? This, this, this? Okay, I'll make it funny. And he did. I laughed at this guy. Like, his blatant m- committing of mail fraud, admitting to committing mail fraud, is, is just is just wonderful. Uh-huh. His comedic timing is on spot for this very, very quick performance.
2: Right. Anyway, the postman asked, are you that no-man guy on the news? Marcy says he's also Arnold the Pig Mm. on Green Acres. (laughs) That was an odd reference. Why don't you tell us about Green Acres? I have to? Uh, All
3: right. All right. So, well, Green Acres. um, Well, let's start with Arnold Ziffel, because Arnold Ziffel was a pig featured in Green Acres an American situation comedy that aired on CBS from 1965 to 1971. The show is about a fictional lawyer, Oliver Wendell Douglas, and his wife, Lisa, city dwellers who moved to Hooterville, (laughs) a farming community populated by oddballs. Arnold is a pig of the Chester White breed, but is treated as the son of farmer Fred Ziffel and his wife, Doris, a childless couple. Everyone in Hooterville, besides Oliver Douglas, accepts this without question. Hooterville. I love that name. Obviously a play on the term Hooverville, right? Actually, I was thinking more of Hooters. I mean, Marywood Children wants you to do that. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah. Actually...
2: Oliver Douglas was played by Eddie Albert, who was a very, well, me, he was an actor that had a very long filmography. I don't want to get into that because it's so long, but he was a very esteemed actor and he was considered very, very good at what he did. The, his wife, Lisa, was played by oh, Ava yeah. Gabor. It was it Ja So, and there were, there were just a lot of character actors in that one. Now I admit, I saw it a few times. I, it wasn't one of my favorites. You know, I prefer the Beverly Hillbillies when you take the hillbillies and put them in the city as opposed to taking a city man and putting them in the country. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the postman said the guys at work are prepared to put down their mail pouches and assault weapons and follow you anywhere, Reverend Al, because all the he has a whole bunch of uh, letters from men who identify with him. And Al actually reads one of them to his No Man members, which is pretty good. Uh, he talks about uh, how this uh, poor man thinks he's married to a strong woman who bullies him around, and it's signed B. Clinton. P.S. Don't tell H. Ooh, Not her man. real name. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: this is incredible. Another ten dollars. <laughs> hey, it's <this> my
0: <window. laughs>
3: man everybody's trying to get a ticket on
1: the no man express yes. oh, Lord. Oh, man. and why not hey listen to this one gentlemen although i cannot reveal my identity i am also under the iron rule of a woman here's ten dollars for your cause your friend b clinton <laughs> yes don't tell h not her real name <laughs> Pony church is becoming a real religion.
0: <laughs>
3: and like other great religions, we have a sacred obligation to make a lot of money and open our own theme park, huh? <laughs> no man's land.
1: Yes! <laughs> hey, guys, am I the only one who thinks we're getting a little carried away? Yes! yes. <laughs> Don't you see? Real religions have commandments, beliefs, values, traditions that have been formed over thousands of years. No problem. And make some of them up. And now. On to the burning question that has plagued the great religions for centuries. Is there an afterlife? Hell no. How do we keep these suckers hemorrhaging cash? Yeah. We'll do it like the pros. Rent a hall. Buy some dirt cheap time on cable Tv or Fox. Give them a fire and brimstone speech and suck their bank accounts dry yeah
3: Yeah, that was a good play on the oh the clintons that's what they were talking about had no idea (laughs) yeah
2: bill and hillary clinton yeah because they were president uh pardon me yeah bill was president at the time and then al makes a great reference again kind of deriding fox this is what we got to do rent a hall buy some cheap dirt dirt time on cable tv or fox and give a fire and brimstone speech and such a it.
3: Um, what are they saying?
2: <laughs> yeah. Especially at that time in their history. Oh
1: now. What is it, Tammy Faye? <laughs>
5: <laughs> have you forgotten what day this is?
1: It come as your favorite hee-haw character day at Kmart.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's my birthday.
1: So your birthday and hee-haw character dare the same? <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> Come on, get dressed. Ah, oh, Peg, no, not tonight! Tonight our monster truck and the Ford Taurosaurus is jumping a thousand geometros. <laughs> and if they don't make it, there could be hundreds of dollars worth of damage.
5: Look, Al. If you don't want to see something else tiny and underpowered get squashed, <laughs> you will get dressed and come with me.
1: <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I guess this meeting of no ma'am is adjourned. We will convene tomorrow and talk about flay the congregation cake. <laughs>
5: I'm just so excited. This is just like before we got married. <laughs> oh, Al. Is that money in your pocket or are you just happy to see me?
1: It's money Peg. <laughs> just like before we got married. Let's get this over with.
3: Okay, so basically what's happening. And there's a reason why you're confused because this is the problem I was talking about where the the show was built around this idea and it wasn't really planned correctly. It goes Mm -hmm. right from Al reading these letters to what are we going to do? How are we going to like make this work? Well, we're going to like put on a fuck. We're going to put on this, uh, on this, on this whole idea. But then Peggy shows up and demands Al, uh, take her out for, you know, uh, for her birthday dinner, and he's like left, uh, he has to leave the uh, the group. And this is his comeback, pretty much, after this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and that's when he talks about, uh, and, and he says to her, "What, what's, what is it, Tammy Fabe? You forgot what day it is. Come, is your favorite Hee Haw character day at Kmart. It's my mm-hmm. birthday. And we've covered Tammy Faye." He says, what is it, Tammy Faye? And then she, and then Peck says, have you forgot what day it is? Come as your favorite Hee Haw character day at Kmart. It's my mm-hmm. birthday. Yeah, we've covered Tammy Faye Baker, but uh, Kmart, of course, is a big box retailer that is headquartered just outside of Chicago. At the time of this episode air, the retailer was a successful chain. It was like the number three retailer in America. It has stores all over the U.S. and many other countries. However, they went bankrupt uh, several years ago. As of 2021, there's only very few Kmarts left, except in Australia, where they still have 200 stores in operation. So I guess uh, Matt and Annabelle can still shop there. And then we go to the church, and there's a song playing at the beginning of the, um, of the church scene. And it's actually, they're playing This is a Man's World by James Brown, which is also heard in Flight of, the Dumble, uh, Flight of the Bumblebee.
4: It's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Merry with Children.
0: a heavy load man made the electrolyte to take us out of the dark
2: My new Cadillac with cloth or leather seat covers.
1: <laughs> I'm getting leopard, so they match my underwear. Guess I won't have any seat covers. You know, it's not too late to call this off. What is with you, Griff? We're gonna make a fortune tonight. Yeah, the last time I felt this queasy in church is when someone said, You may kiss the bride. Griff, will you relax, all right? I'm sure Al is going to handle this with with respect and and dignity. Brothers, for years we have been tortured by the shrill voices of our nagging wives. But at last, we have found a man. A man who speaks to us all. A man who married for our sins. Let's everybody give it up for the Reverend
0: Adam.
1: to vixens, Halla and
0: <laughs>
1: Believers, guests, those of you with the deep pockets that got the cushioned seats up front, let me tell you a little story. God created man. Everything was going great. Then Eve came around and said, Apple? The one time they offer us something to eat Bam! We wind up selling women's shoes (laughs) Now! I know that a lot of you are wondering What the church of no ma'am is all about (laughs)
0: Hooters!
1: Yes, but we're also about making the world Something it used to be. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Back
1: when men were men and women were ribs.
0: Call <laughs> yeah. it, River, now!
1: <laughs> when a driver's side airbag was called a mother in law.
0: <laughs>
1: when a frank conversation with the wife used to begin with, What's for dinner? and ended with, You call that dinner! <laughs> Would you like a squeeze? Oh yes.
0: <laughs>
4: Blot your brow.
1: Bless you, my child. Though I see you've already been blessed. <laughs> but it is our mission to bring back the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. Die things. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. <laughs>
1: like barber shops, hardware stores. Those calendars, you lift the cellophane, she's naked in there.
0: Naked.
1: <laughs> I want to bring us back to those times. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. This is an engine that runs on money. I'm not talking about that unleaded, eco friendly, tree hugging, girly jiggling money. Mm-mm. You go, preacher man. <laughs> Fightin' folding, Money!
0: Yeah!
1: Now, if no one wants to testify, we'll pass the collection plate. Uh, something I noticed,
2: Al's Pulpit, it consisted of beer cans, many of which were known as brands such as Bud Light, Old Milwaukee, Miller Light, and Miller Genuine Draft as well as a can of girly girl beer. The beer choice... Only Miller Lite is man, the yeah.
3: only one that's literally just the Miller Lite logo, perfectly well-read. All the others are just like, you can tell what they're supposed to be, but Miller Lite apparently either paid or got paid a lot more than the other brands. Right.
2: And then Al introduces his to the two women at the church, Hala and Luya, just to let you know a little bit about
3: uh, one of the actors. Oh, I'm sorry, Stephen, before you bring this up, I just huh. got to ask you and your history yeah. of knowledge of televangelism and stuff. The heck is Al wearing? I, Does that I bring know. up anything? It, Did you it, just be like, "That's just the biggest"?
2: I cannot remember anything of any uh, American televangelist
0: <laughs> wearing that
3: crap.
2: But real quick, Lisa Marie Scott, she was the white girl. She was Holla. She was um, a former Playboy playmate. Lisa Marie Scott, who just before this episode aired was Playboy's Playmate of the Month in February 1995. So just a little bit of trivia there for you. Another Playboy playmate made it on to Married with Children. I Big know. surprise. First right? Home. right. And then Al starts his sermon. I love this. Let me tell you a little story. God created man. Everything was going great. Then Eve came around and said, Apple? The one time they offer something to eat, and bam, you end
0: up oh. selling women's shoes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then he goes on and on and on. I it at one point. Uh, I can't remember if it was Holla or Luya. I uh, said, can I wipe the sweat off your forehead? And yeah. he said, bless you, child. He looks down at her boobs and he says, mm-hmm. And you have been so much
3: of this like weird double speaker about church stuff. I think it's so funny. Um when he starts yeah. talking about beer, I wrote down and I'm not talking about the unleaded tree huggling girl jiggling money. I'm talking about the beer guzzlin' truck driving low riding belching, fighting foldin' money. Oh, I had to rewind that like three times to write all the adjectives down.
2: Yeah. Now, Jefferson has a line in there. Oh, and I love the way they're like doing the organ while he's talking. You know, every Al talks and then they play the organ for a quick second. You know, those common intent revival meetings uh, back in the 50s and 60s and even the 40s here in the uh, United States. And Jefferson says, for years we've been tortured by the shrill voices of our nagging wives, but at last we have found a man, a man who speaks to all of us. A man who married
0: God, so for <laughs> our sins. Let's
2: everybody give it up. Yeah. Let's everybody
1: give it up for the Reverend Al.
4: I want to testify.
1: A woman! <laughs> no, no, no. Let us not jump to conclusions. <laughs>
4: want me to take her down river now?
1: That will uh, not be necessary, brother Archimedes. (laughs) The days are over when a woman could whip us like a nation of Jerry Coonies.
4: Actually, I have very little to say.
2: And here's here's the thing. First of all, the days are over. One of those lines, he says, the days are over when a woman could whoop us like a nation of Jerry Cunet's. Well, Jerry Cunet is an American former professional boxer. He competed from 1977 to 1990 and challenged twice for the world heavyweight titles in 82 and 87. He was actually known for an easy knockout on a Mm -hmm. couple of those. Marcy shows up, and what does she have?
4: I'd like to thank the Reverend Al for giving such a stirring, pork-laden speech.
1: Well, hurry up, Marcy. I'm about to be born again. (laughs) And again.
4: You're gonna be laughing out of the other side of your pipe organ in a minute. (laughs) My women's group has commandeered the video booth. And there's a little something we'd like to show you to put a smile on your snouts. Girly porn? Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Ooh. Let's go on a date with Reverend Al. Roll it, girls! Here he is, dancing with his wife.
1: Take her down, Archimedes.
4: Take him down, Dot. <laughs>
0: Damn. You're a lot of woman. I'm a lot of everything.
4: And here's your man's man at a restaurant called Potpourri,
1: eating quiche. Now I can explain that. I had ordered a meatball sandwich, extra ball.
4: <laughs> Let's see where they went next. Bowling, perhaps? Why, no. They're attending a performance of Cats. <laughs> With all proceeds going to the Chicago Ballet. Oh. And finally, behold your beloved Reverend Al and the Misses outside
0: the Rock of Sucked Up Hotel.
4: There you have it. Your leader, on a date, with his wife, deeply in love. Hey,
1: hey, so, Reverend Al, tell us you were with a hookup. Or at least
2: a guy dressed like one.
4: Oink your way out of this one, Reverend Fatback.
1: I have seen I have consorted with my wife but it's not like I enjoyed it I mean you know it was her birthday for heaven's oh, sake
0: no. let, 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 let it be. let he
1: who is without wife catch the first
0: stone That's great.
3: Marcy has, has clever has. First off, Marcy bought some muscle, because we 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 brushed over it. But Al and no Ma'am have hired a gigantic man named Archimedes. We we mentioned him earlier, and Archimedes is a gigantic dude. He's the bouncer. He's asking whether he can throw her out, and Al, that's when Al goes like, L- uh, uh, "No, no more will I." Well, you know, brings up the Jerry Cooney line. And then Marcy brings up Dot. Dot Jones herself. The biggest woman I've ever seen. And man, when she stands next to Archimedes and he just goes,
0: damn.
3: <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So we have the no fear of Marcy's going to be ejected. because She got her muscle with her. But she's just there to, like, make sure that Marcy can say her piece. And it's a good piece as well because... What she's done is gets Al with the truth. Cause Al here is supposed to be Reverend Al, the emancipated man, un uh untapered down by the uh, clamping holds of female uh uh femaleness. I'm not as good as Reverend Al. <laughs> um but what Marcy has shown is she has pictures and evidence of what seems to be a very fun night that Al has spent with Peggy for her birthday.
2: Yeah. Uh, Plus some other things too. And so now his congregation is shocked and he can no longer keep the church of no man because he was, you know, fell in disgrace. And this is an opposite type of thing of what was happening in the churches in the eighties. A lot of people like to talk about Jimmy Swagger. He, um, was caught with a prostitute and he made this tearful confession.
0: I have sinned against you, my Lord. And I would ask that your precious blood would wash and cleanse
1: every stain until it is in the seas of God's forgetfulness. Thank you. Thank you. And God bless you.
2: And his flock forgave him, but then he went independent away from the Assemblies of God. And then he was brought down again. He had the same problems a few years later. I think it was Who in was the this early again? 90s. And then he, Jimmy He Swaggart. Oh, Jimmy, oh. Swaggart, he was oh, Jimmy TV please
3: freak. tell us you were with a hooker Yeah, or at least a guy dressed like one. That's what that was? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. And here's the thing. It's nothing new in society. I mean, this goes back a long way. There are many examples of sexual and financial scandals of tele or radio evangelists. One of the earliest ones people forget is Amy Sample McPherson. She had an affair and faked her own death, then claimed she was kidnapped, and she eventually faced jail time. There was Billy James Hargis. He founded a Christian college, turned out, or, no, a Christian school. Pardon me, and no, it was a Christian college. Sorry, and he had sexual allegations against him, as along with him, Best Morris Corrella, back in the seventies. He did some. A lot of shady things with his money. Uh, Tony Alamo, he was back in the 70s. No, wait a minute. That was more recent. He actually had a child portering at his church, in addition to milking people for money. Richard Roberts, Ted Haggard, he had sex with a male prostitute, and he would repeatedly condemn homosexuality. Peter Popoff was exposed by 60 Minutes as a fraud. Jim Baker, selling bogus... Oh, Jim Baker, he supposedly apologized for his health and wealth gospel. And then just last year, it turns out that he hadn't truly repented because he was trying to sell a potion that supposedly cured COVID. Robert Tilton, big scam artist. Tony and Susan Alamos, another one. So this is nothing new throughout the history of the church. And I mentioned the selling of indulgences back in medieval times. And that's it. A love of money Mm -hmm. is the root of all evil. And that's what brings down. As well as
3: bringing down Reverend Al. Because as he says right to the camera and to the crowd, I have sinned. I have consorted with my wife. And his flock does not come to his rescue. No, they don't. They're
2: not going to cushion his fall. (laughs) Use your
3: presence, Mom.
4: Open mine first, Mom. I can't wait to see what I got you. Oh, <laughs> This is just the best birthday I've ever
5: had.
1: Well, bicentennials are always special.
5: Al, don't be such a grouch. I mean, sure, you lost your congregation and your pride and every last shred of dignity, but at least the IRS
1: isn't after you for tax fraud.
0: <laughs>
1: I wonder who that could be. This is
3: the IRS put up your hands and throw out your wallet
1: i be back in 20 years
3: See ya. don't wait up
0: yes.
3: <laughs> Reverend Al is no more and that pretty much concludes the episode because there's really nothing else to be said except for some stuff about Kelly and Bundy I mean I'm sorry stuff with Kelly and Bud and Peggy uh, with the uh, with their birthday thing but I'm not even going to mention it
5: no ma'am we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show to subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review.
3: Stephen. How many cans of yeast and stuff are you going to chug out of five for this episode of Married with Children?
2: I'm going to take three chugs out of that beer. I'm not saying I hated this episode, but I'm not saying I loved it either. I thought it had its good moments. I thought there were some good funny lines in there. But I agree with you that they just shoehorned in the kids and they're not trying to be equal in their, you know, and looking at the family. So, you know, that's it for me. I just give it a three. Uh, it's a good filler episode to a certain extent that someone new to Mary with children might mm. be interested in. Well, well how you know many what? would you give it?
3: I think I can choke down <laughs> three and a half Easton stuffs. Ugh, it sounds so gross. Um, well, I pretty much laid out why I didn't like it. I'm just going to say where the three and a half cans came from. The first can. It's a very funny episode. A lot of good jokes, um, and it's paced very, very well. Second can that I'll chug down is bringing back No Ma'am and making it a focal point of an episode, not just a side traction for Al to get up to mischief. And we got to see a lot of how they operate and a lot of their tomfoolery. I always love that. The third one is a just... I just love it when Al gets a comeuppance, where it's a uh, you know Al spearheads something or gets thrown into something, and then obviously he needs to fall and falls horribly, he does, and for his own hubris. I just enjoy it. And the other half is for the the what we talked about, the church and state. The idea of taxes and the manipulation and scandals that can happen within local and uh, you know national congregations and American faith. The American religious system is a very complex and highly rich and historical uh, machine that I think more Americans should pay attention to and research. So yeah, it deserved a half a can for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah it. Churches and religion has played a big part in American history, to this day. in good and bad ways. So, yeah, I think it's good to explore the history. It's irresponsible not stuff. to. So, join us in for next week when Luigi and Chris and I and Matt going to discuss how lean was my Kelly when Kelly gets into a movie role for playing a scientist. She decides to impersonate one and gets access to Tremaine University's lab for research. In her spare time, she develops a blue-green chemical compound that is called bleed, a super-growth hair formula that instantly is popular with Al and his club, nomad. But there's one small psychological side effect. And we'll look at that. Meanwhile, Bud and Kelly try to research to find the one person who makes less money than Al and that's pretty good too and by the way, just to let you know that's Chris, Luigi and I and Matt are going to review How Blue Was Mike Kelly because it revolves around a super hair growth formula and we're all <laughs> <a fault.
3: laughs> okay, I was wondering why I was like, you know what, I haven't heard you got all three of you dudes on there without either me or Annabelle that makes sense, mm-hmm. that's going to be fun <laughs>
2: yeah, so anyway Tune in next week and remember, whoa,
1: Bundy!